This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Be seated. I truly am very honored and very thankful to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev. They have been incredible to me personally. Just pastors, loved on me, have been there for me. Man, I, I just can't express how grateful I am to have pastors like them. I'm also honored to be on this stage and, and be able to communicate, just share a little bit from my heart, along with all these other, man, you guys put me, set me up, man. I had Pastor Jerome and Pastor Warren, man. And so I'm honored to truly be here, and uh, I'm so excited uh, that I get to have this time with you. My name is Raul Beltran, as you saw on the screen. I am from Tampa, Florida in the United States. It, yeah, all right. Some Floridian fans here. Thank you very much. I, w I live in Tampa. Anyone heard of the Hurricane Ian? Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was projected to go right where I lived. And uh, we were very fortunate that it went south. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's devastating to see the things that have happened in the South. So will you believe God with me that God's going to turn that situation around? That somehow souls are going to come to the kingdom of God? That the body of Christ is going to step up and do what they're supposed to do and be the light in this terrible time? you agree with me on that in the name of Jesus? Thank you. Thank you very much. And so uh, my, I want to show a picture of my, of my family. I have two beautiful, amazing daughters that are in university. I have a 14-year-old son. He's almost as tall as me. I can still take him. You know, he thinks he can take me, but I can take him still. And he is uh, doing his studies as well. So I am so honored. They send their love. They wish they could be, be here, but this is my time. All right, so I'm here. You know, over the last almost 30 years in ministry that I've had, I've, I've seen so many different things. I've seen the best and not the so best, if you will. Um, one of the things that I've really come to learn is that God never said we weren't going to face any challenges. Can I get an amen? He never said that. As a, as a matter of fact, if we want to advance, come on, we're going to have to face and conquer some things. Let me say that again. If we want to advance, we're going to have to face some things and conquer them in the name of Jesus. Come on. And and even God says it very clear in his Bible. He says uh, in Psalms 34, 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. Amen. Furthermore, he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, he says to fight the good fight of faith. Say that. Say, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> so if we want to advance, we're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? And so I'm not talking necessarily only exclusively about a physical fight. Although if you have to protect yourself, you're going to have to fight, right? But, but I'm talking about you're going to have to fight spiritually. Come on, you're going to have to fight spiritually. You're going to have to keep standing. You're going to have to resist the devil and make him flee. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You know what else you have to fight? You have to fight, I'll call it the psychological fight. It's the, the fight in the soul. I'm telling you, there's so many people struggle in the soul. They look all pretty and cute on the outside. They can smile and make you laugh, but on the inside, they're, they're, they're messed up. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And then you also have to fight the good fight of faith physically. 
whether it be in the, in, in, in the sense of protecting yourself, but also you got to declare God's healing and blessings over your life. The enemy is going to try to attack, but you got to have to stand. Come on. And fight the good fight of faith. So let me ask you a question. How, what one way, how do you secretly or how can you secretly defeat the enemy, the opponent? Well, one way is that you compromise them from the inside. How can you secretly defeat an opponent is that you compromise them from the inside. What do I mean by that is that you get in their head. You get in their head. And you see this in sports. You, you, you know, the other team gets into the other team's head, and then you know who's going to win. And so there's a great story in the, in the Bible about Adam and Eve and how they ate the forbidden fruit. If you're not familiar with the story, well, Adam was the first human being here that God created on earth. And then he gave him a gorgeous wife named Eve. And God said, listen, everything here is yours. See all, all, as far as you can see, all this. You have dominion. You can name animals. How cool is that? He said, but the only thing is you can't touch that. One little thing. Now, those that are familiar with the story, and even if you're not familiar with the story, how many of you know what happened? <laughs> they ate the forbidden fruit. And so... This is where I want to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, and when they heard, this is Adam and Eve, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden. They hadn't even seen him. They just heard him. Adam and Eve, the man and his wife, hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. They heard him. They hid from God. And I love the question that God asks them next. How many of you know that God asks good questions? The Holy Spirit will just ask you a good question. And he asked him, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Now, I don't think God was like, okay, Adam, where are you? Are you here? No. Are you over here? No. I, I, God knew exactly where Adam was. I think it was more of a, of a reflective question. Like, where are you in your life? Where do you find yourself right now? What are you thinking? What are you processing right now? Because Adam answered the question, but he didn't, he didn't say, I'm behind the third tree. Right? No. This is how he answered. God asked, where are you? And he says, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was what? I was naked. And then he what? He hid. He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid. And then God asks another powerful question, and he says, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? In other words, what other voice apart from mine have you listened to that now you hear in your soul? What other voice apart from mine have you listened to that you now hear in your soul? So that's a question that I ask you today. What other voice apart from God have you listened to that you now hear in your soul? Back in 1995, I saw one, one of the most beautiful women I'd ever seen in my life. And I got to, actually it was 93, and I got to marry her in 1995, Deanna. She was a girl of my dreams. And I, I'm telling you, I, I was... Attracted to her physically. Amen. Come on. Uh, can I be honest? I mean, God made her. It's his fault, right? So I was like, wow, yes. Uh -huh. I like it. I like the way she dressed. She didn't dress 
bad. She dressed great, but she looked good, you know. And her walk and her hair and the way she smelled. And, she, and, then, and then the good news is that eventually I found out that she could sing. Oh, man, it was great. And, and she was anointed. She could bring the house down. And, and, and then I realized that, that she was part of a, of a minister's home and she was fifth generation in ministry. And I was just taken by her. And I found love, and, and I, I asked her to marry me, and she said yes, and I was so excited. You know, my wife wasn't the traveling type. She liked going to the U.S., all over the U.S., but as far as going international, not so much. But one of her dreams was to come to South Africa here. Come on. She wanted to come here, man. That was her dream. When I first met her, she's like, I'm going to go to South Africa. Well, let's go, baby. Get your passport. Eh. And I'm like, come on. Get your passport. Eh. Then eventually she got her passport and she came here in 2019. She came here, we sat right about over here. And she had a great time. Can we put the picture of her? Look how beautiful she is. That's right, that's right. Somebody saw her and they gave her that tribal necklace and she looked so beautiful that night. And she wore it and she got so many compliments. She was in cloud nine. And I was just so happy. I mean, she lit up every room. If you met, many of you met her, and I, I, I guarantee that if she met you, she took a picture with you. And she, she lit up every room that she'd ever walk into. Uh, it, it, she had enough personality to fill this room and, and, and actually even more than this room. In September of 2020, just shy of a year of us being here in South Africa, we received some heavy news that my wife of 25 years, the girl of my dreams, had a very short time to live. And I was, okay, God, okay, that's different. Uh, all right, so what did I do? I stood on the word, as I always did. We always believe God through different things, and we faced some challenges. We fought the good fight of faith. And we saw the victory. I declared. I actually drew closer to God. I'm telling you, my faith was unmoved, man. I was on fire. I've seen countless healings and miracles through our ministry. So it wasn't like I just saw it over here. No, it was happening through our ministry. So what did I do? I kept preaching. I kept teaching. And I kept healing in the name of the Lord. On December 9th, just three months, my beautiful wife upgraded to heaven. What? My mind, my, my life just began to just spin around. I'm like, God, like what in the world is going on here? So many things that we didn't get to do. Things that dreams and ministry goals that we had and personal goals that we wanted to do. What? Gone. What other voice apart from God did I listen to that I kept hearing in my soul? Well, let me share some with you. I kept hearing, do you really still believe in this God thing? I'm like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I believe in this God thing. Do you really? Do you really believe in this God thing? There was a mocking behind all this. And are you really going to stay in ministry after all this? After everything you've done for God and this is what he does to you? And during this time, we had a great church and, and we're amazing ministry in Cuba. And, and God's just moving in all these voices that I'm hearing. Your kids are going to hate. They're going to hate God. Your kids will hate God. Think about it. They've seen you serve the Lord and sacrifice and give your life to ministry. And your wife is gone. He takes your wife. All these, all these thoughts are coming. 
You're, you're going to lose your kids. People don't believe in you anymore. And this one, this one I wrestled with. Be honest with yourself. You don't believe in yourself either. Voices of unbelief and fear and shame. Pastor Warren, what, what a, where were you at? He's tall, so I see him right there. All right. Voices of, of unbelief and, and fear and shame because of what I felt to be my nakedness. What Satan does, what he goes about to try and sabotage us is, is by trying to get his voice in our head, in our soul. One of the most difficult battles you could fight is psychological, if you will, in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions. You got to get that book that Dr. Bev read on emotions. Now, I know this shouldn't be, because as a child of God, we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. That, 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 that is the word. That's the truth. But for many people, unfortunately, where the soul goes, their life goes. Where the soul goes, their life goes. This is what happened. My soul declared war against my spirit. My soul declared war against my spirit. I am so thankful for the years of getting into the word and just getting that seed, that foundation, because my spirit would go, no, that's not right. And my spirit is speaking down to my, to my I mean, my soul speaking down to my spirit. And these voices that were trying to dominate me, I had to fight the good fight of faith. I know some of you have faced terrible loss, where you believe that it's all over, that it's done, that there's no future. And, and maybe you quote those scriptures, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. But do you really believe it on the inside? See, we're a, a three-part being, and, and, and if you're in this ministry, this, this church, you're going to get some good teaching. We're, we're a three-part being. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and we have a body. When you're born again, it's your spirit that's renewed. Come on, it's been set apart for God and set apart for his use. Your spirit's good. It might be weak, so get the word in to make it strong. Your soul's not saved. The only thing that's able to save your soul is the word of God. And your body just wants to eat donuts. Come on. Or those little beef jerkies that I found in my room. Those are good, man. That, 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 that beef jerky was good. And, and, and so, so your flesh just wants to do, you know, crazy things. Which one's the strongest? The one you feed the most. Which one's the strongest? The one you feed the most. And I'm telling you, I was, the, my whole world was just spinning around. I am thankful that I still had ministry to do because it kept me centered. It kept me going back to the word. It kept me, uh, it, it, it kept me in a place where I had to keep studying because I had to feed other people. And in the midst of me having the darkest time of my life, man, we saw so many wonderful things happen in the ministry. And God would anoint me and I'd get on, I'd get on the stage and man, the power of God would be flowing. It'd be amazing. But as soon as I would walk that stage and I'd walk away, these voices were waiting for me right outside the door. I'm telling you, your soul will try to rebel. You have to renew your mind daily. We got to teach it. We got to teach it to understand the language of God. It has to understand that 
It's okay not to freak out right now. It's okay that I don't understand everything, that there is a big God, that God's going to come through. If he's done it before, he's going to come through. One of the most amazing things that happened with my, when my wife passed away in that moment, it was so rough, man. I'm doing pretty good. I, I thought I was going to lose it here. Ugh, I work out, so it's, we're good. We're, we're good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. One of the most amazing things that touched my heart was when my wife passed away. We, of course, the, the, actually, we all just start speaking in tongues and glorifying God. And we just, it was a beautiful moment. And then my, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's blunt. <laughs> yeah, if you have any, any, anybody have one of those kids that are blunt, <laughs> just say it. <laughs> and she goes, Dad, you're a widower now. I'm like, oh, yeah. Thanks. Didn't even know that. <laughs> I can't even pronounce the word. <laughs> and then she started crying and she goes, Dad, remember these voices. You're going to lose your kids. Your kids are, are going to hate God. She goes, Dad, I want you to know that this wasn't God. This wasn't God, Dad. She said, Dad, as a matter of fact, we're going to take mom and she's going to, we're going to sow a seed and God's going to multiply a harvest of souls. Uh, come on. Come on. You got to fight the good fight of faith. It is not too late. It is not too late. I don't care what you've gone through. It is not too late. God is a God of a second chance, a third chance. We can get up to a 1,568th chance. I mean, God is so good. The enemy told me my ministry was over. He said all these awful things. He even called me fat. He, he was right about that one. <laughs> so I had to get in the gym a little bit, you know, try, try, try to do that. I could have done this alone. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I was, possibly, and, and Dr. Bev would phone call me, and, 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 or they would send me a message, and it was just like, man, did you see all the churches? <laughs> did you see everything that's happened in this ministry? And yeah, he's reaching out to me, and I'm, I was overwhelmed. I had great friends, you know, Dr. Andre, Pastor Christine, I mean, they've just been phenomenal. Dr. Johnny, you, you, you left me a message. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember what the message said. I'm sure it was like really good, <laughs> like amazing. <laughs> but it was the point that he, he reached out to me and just, it, it was just so encouraging. You cannot do life alone. You cannot do life alone. When the enemy attacks, we are exposed because we become afraid that we're naked and we hide. That was the biggest thing that I had to fight is not hide. And I'm so thankful for my good friend, Pastor Warren McGregor, that he would call me and say, it's okay, I haven't seen you here in a while. He lives about an hour south of me. He said, either come down or I'm going to drive up and get you. I didn't want to go. And I was like, uh, like a little kid, I would drive down. I needed that. You need your right people. You need your right people during the most difficult things. So I felt in the moment that I had two choices, either just die, because honestly, I was just like, I'm done. 
I tell you, what was, what was a big motivating factor for me was my, was my 14-year-old boy, my, my two daughters. I, you know, my wife upgraded to heaven because uh, that's what it really is. It's an upgrade. Come on now, right? And she's, doing, she's doing better than all of us. Come on. I mean, she, she had a laugh that you would hear in this auditorium. She's making everybody laugh up in heaven. I know that for sure. And my 14-year-old my boy, he would come in and find me in my room, and I would just sit in there, and I, I wanted to hide. Please, nobody, please stay away. And he'd come in with a basketball, and he'd say, hey, Dad, you want to go play Paul? Inside, I'm like, nope, <laughs> not at all. But I would look at him, and I'm like, he's so handsome. I, I, I'd stand up, man. I'm broken inside. My soul was like, you know, hurting. But I get out and go play basketball, and I'm so good at basketball. No, I'm just kidding. But I get out and play basketball, and I give him glory. No, I'm done. All right. So, and I, I would feel better after a while, you know, just being out. Don't hide. God never promised or never said that we're not going to go through, through challenging situations. But God will provide a way of escape every single time. You are not alone. So I, had, I felt like I had two choices. One was to die or I could advance and move forward. Come on. God's not done with me. I had to identify and silence the wrong voices that were speaking to me. I had to find my right people because I couldn't be alone. John 10, 27 tells us, says, my sheep recognize my voice. Another translation says, my sheep respond as they hear my voice. And so, so as a child of God, we recognize the voice of God. In the midst of all those negative voices that you may be hearing, you can hear and recognize God's voice. You know how to respond to God's voice. Say, I know how to respond to God's voice. Now we're going to do a quick exercise right now. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. Because I know the enemy is, he's, he, what he's trying to do, he's trying to, Get in your head. Get in your soul. Get in your mind. Because if he can get you, if he can compromise you there, and you quit, you start neglecting the spirit, the voice of your soul becomes so much louder. And I know that we could find ourselves where the soul goes, our life goes, but, but we're different. So in this moment, I want, you to, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this. Say, Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing right now? Holy Spirit, what lie... Am I believing right now? And let him answer that. What lie am I believing right now? Okay? Now ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what is the truth? What is the truth? Hallelujah. Now, by just showing, if eyes closed still, just raise your hand if the Lord just showed you some truth. Come on, let's see, raise your hand. See those hands going up? You know, the enemy will say, your life is over, your ministry is over, your business is over, you bankrupt too, one too many times. You're not going to make it. You're not supposed to be a voice. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. The blessings happen for everybody else but me. That is a deceitful lie. God's truth supersedes a lie. And it's an us training because the word of God tells us very clearly, he says, he says that he will not only refresh our soul, but he will restore our soul. He will not only refresh our soul, but he will restore our soul. He furthermore says that he keeps us in perfect peace. 
He says, God says that he heals the wounds of our shattered heart. And maybe here you may feel like, man, I, I feel like my life is shattered. I, on the inside, I feel like things are falling apart. Come on. God will heal the wounds of your shattered heart, which is your soul, your, your, your soul. Your spirit, you're fine. You're feeding your spirit. And we're going to get your spirit louder. I'm telling you, this week, you're going to experience a breakthrough in your life. I'm telling you, this, this week, voices that shouldn't be will cease to be in the name of Jesus. You're going to get so full of the word of God that your spirit's going to be way louder than your soul and your flesh. Come on. And he says, you know, in, in, in this verse, you know, I, I, I asked Pastor Theo and Dr. Bev, when, uh, I told him, and they said, yeah, bring it up. I actually went to a Christian therapist. So I have my own shrink. I did. And you know what? They, my, my soul was all tangled up, you could say. And they really helped me just think some things through. I, and I actually had my kids go through the therapist. It was phenomenal. It was great. It was very helpful. I didn't get caught up in just the crying and crying my life is helpless. No, I went in. I said, I want to I wanna drop some baggage. Come on. Help me drop some wrong thinking. Help me see things correctly. That's what I want. God says that even though I face affliction, God himself will deliver me from them all. God says that the work that God began in my life, he, he will see it unto completion. The work that God began in your life, <clears throat> God will see it unto completion. My latter is greater than my former. I, 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 for, for a minute there, I, I, I couldn't see past, but I realized that my latter is greater than my former. So I silenced the voices of fear, doubt, and shame, and intimidation. And you know what? I have new vision. I couldn't see. There was, for a minute there, I was kind of blind. I didn't know what the future held. And as the Lord began to deal with me, and, and I'm like, okay, is, is ministry over for me? Like, how can I get up and minister healing anymore? You know, like, like that wrong voice. It's, it's, again, it's not in my power. It's in the power of Christ, right? I, I've been given the name. I don't have the power, but I've been given the name that has access to all the authority. Come on. And if he chose me, man, thank God. We went to... Cuba, we do, we have Bible college there in Cuba. Come on, yes. Yes. We were able to go in July. And, and it's some tough times there. No food and just very, very difficult. And when I noticed those pastors get off that bus, they were so skinny because they hadn't eaten. Many of them had not eaten a full meal in over a year. And they came off that bus almost weak as they would walk. We were able to feed them three meals a day. <laughs> they were so happy. They were hoarding up food, storing it up so they could take it back to their homes, to their families. And they came to me and they said, Pastor, we're so thankful that you're feeding us. But what we're really thankful is that you're here. That Apostle Theo and Dr. Beth still believe in us, that you've not forgotten us. This word that we're learning has changed and transformed our life. And I realized that God's doing something powerful there. 
And we've had so much favor with the government. I mean, I'm telling you, God's opened up doors for us. That I got fired up. And I reached out to Apostle Theo and I said, I got vision. <laughs> I want to go into Latin America. Come on, baby. I want to take this. I want to take the material here. And I want to go out there and make duplicate what we've done in Cuba. And he said, yes. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I'm here to tell you, I love what Pastor Jerome, he, he prophesied that the prophecies that you have, that have been declared over your life will come to pass. Pastor Warren said, talked about fear. That's a voice. Maybe you're here and said, I've never had a prophecy. Well, let me prophesy over you. you. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come, and it's time for us to advance in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Dot com.